Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out. The bad seed, the broken day, the bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad adders, bad taste, bad lie, bad do, bad bread, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York City. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with Rocket Mortgage's help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. People dressed in plastic bags. Direct to traffic. Some kind of fashion. Shake it up. Should do be- Oh, my friend, then come around. Thought to fudge a party. Rats on the west side. Bed bugs uptown. What a mess. This town's a tatter. My brains is splattered all over Manhattan. Should do be shake out. Ooh. Are you with us tonight from New York? 855-212-4CBS. The number is sponsored by GEICO, our toll-free line. Great news. You could save a bunch of money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. Chris Hanna will join us here in about 10 minutes. The filmmaker, he has come out with the story of Tony Romo, now or never a Tony Romo story. We'll talk about the Now or Never doc with Chris Hanna coming up in 10 minutes. At 11, hour number two, 1103, Greg Bell, our buddy from the Tacoma News Trib, covers the Seahawks' big game against the Rams on Thursday night in the Pacific Northwest. The wild card game is going on right now, and it started with another served-up meatball by Scherzer, who's been getting lit up, we told you, for 17 runs or something. What was it? Uh, 12 runs and 17 and two-thirds innings in his last, like, uh, four or five starts. Guy's been getting jacked. Grandal jacks one out into deep right field to give him a 2-0 lead. They added to it. Three, then Trey Turner hit a solo shot. 3-1. They're in the seventh, and the Nationals have had several uh, base runners, and they just can't score runs. So... Unless there's a miracle, the bottom line is they're nine outs from being toast. And they've got Strasburg in the game now, but you're losing, so what's the difference? Yeah. I get it. You're trying to keep it at 3-1 right now. They've gone to the bullpen. They've gone to another starter. So then what, Corbin after this? Are they going to let this guy go the rest of the way? I mean, he clearly has the gas to go the rest of the way if they needed him to. Well, that's what they should do because at least he's pitching well. Scherzer throwing up meatballs. Just like he always does. This guy will be 0-5 in playoff games because he'll get, for the Nats, he'll get uh, he'll get roasted here for this loss. And then uh, he won games in Detroit, but not here. In, in D.C., it's been a disaster in the postseason. Do you remember when it was Kershaw that was getting the abuse that he couldn't win in the playoffs? But he turned it around and won in the playoffs, won some very big games. This guy wins absolutely nothing. It is unbelievable how he has gassed out. Be prepared. It looks to me like uh, what I'm watching is the guy just went over the top of the mountain going down the other side. The rest of his career there, he's probably going to get lit up because his arm's going to fall off. What has he been doing for the last 10 years besides throwing 96-mile-an-hour gas? 
I mean, bottom line, that's all there is to it. Uh, so 3-1 in the seventh. Strasburg looks great, but it's too late. They dug a grave early with Scherzer out there. And you could uh, second-guess the manager. Maybe they should have gone with this guy, Strasburg, and then used uh, Scherzer to gopher ball pitcher at the end, see if he could do something in one inning or something. I don't know, but you got to question it now, right? I mean, the bottom line is the guy just cost you your season. Tomorrow, the AL wildcard game in Oakland at the dump will start. Uh, the A's, Sean Manea will go for the A's in that game against Charlie Morton for Tampa. Already 0-4 with a ton of injuries, including A.J. Green. The Bengals will now lose breakout receiver John Ross for several weeks with a shoulder injury. They're playing Arizona this week. Is that not the worst game on the board? Seriously, those two, the Bengals and, and Arizona. That's, just, a, that's an ugly one. That, that is. I mean, good luck betting that game. Sharks forward Evander Kane gets an automatic three-game suspension for abuse of officials. The ref appeared to grab Kane first to keep him from a scrum in the game, and then he shoved him. I guess he had it coming tomorrow night. They'll play without him in the opener. Doubleheader tomorrow night in the NHL season opening night with two big games. And back-to-back uh, -back will be all over those tomorrow night. So you'll have two hockey games and the AL wildcard game. Tomorrow night should be good. Thursday night should be good. Rams, uh, Seahawks, and more baseball after that, right? Like, isn't there more Thursday? Uh, like the other series. Thursday, you get the DS start. So you'll have Braves-Cardinals on Thursday. Twins and Yankees. the winner of tonight's game against the Dodgers. Oh, is that right? They're nationally. And then Friday's and the Friday AL. is all four. You get all four games on Friday. Strasburg just getting uh, a strikeout here, holding the lead at 3-1. Too bad their guys can't get anything going on the uh, base pass. We'll talk hockey tonight in terms of the season starting. We'll evaluate the best forwards in the league, the best goalies in the league, who's got the best uh, situation going into the season. Plus, I've got all your odds uh, to win the uh, World Series. The Astros are the favorites at 9 to four. They have the Nationals at 14 to one. No wonder. And then Wilder, I told you, is fighting uh, King Kong, Luis Ortiz, too. It's the second time they'll fight. The rematch will be uh, in Vegas at the MGM Grand, I believe it is. We'll talk about that. And look back, even if we will, at the uh, combi box numbers from the Spence win over Porter. I was at the fight. It was great. In uh, Lipstick City at Staples, I had a killer time. So, uh, coming up, Chris Hanna, then Greg Bell later. And uh, we'll talk about that uh, Seattle-Ram game uh, tonight for sure. And what Pete Carroll's done in Seattle. The Bengals-Ross out. The Belichick uh, defense of his... Uh, Pat's illegal helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit on Josh Allen. What did he say? Did he say anything worthwhile? Said there was nothing wrong with it. There you go. Uh, who's underrated? Who are the unheralded guys getting it done in the NFL so far? Super Bowl possibilities. Already they're talking about who's going to play in the Super Bowl. It's week five. I got your week five power rankings in the NFL. Tell me who you like in the AL wild card tomorrow. By the way... Mikolas will start for the Cardinals in game one against the Braves. Dallas Keuchel for Atlanta. 
Astros, I told you, uh, the favorites, Dodgers plus 225, Yankees plus 450, Braves plus 900, Twins plus 1,400. Uh, postseason teams, the pressure's on them right now to win. We're ranking them. Who's got the most pressure on them to win it? I would say off the top of my head, right, the Dodgers, you, you go twice in a row and lose. Do they not have the most pressure to go back and get it done? You would think so. And then um, the young players that might step up big time in the postseason in baseball. Who do you think we're going to like watching this October? And that Zach Greinke deal put the Astros over the top when it comes to their rotation. It's sickening. Lakers and Clippers, are they more similar than you think? Or do you think one's going to be way better than the other? Or will they both be great? LeBron uh, has more on his plate this year. Do you think he's going to get better, stay the same, regress? What do you think happens? Embiid says no more trash talk, and feel free to talk about that Kane suspension, and we'll talk even uh, the top 50 players in the NHL. I was surprised that Crosby, Malkin, and Latang all made the list. I would have, uh, my guess, believe it or not, I would have dropped Malkin and Latang off of it. But I, I know most people would say uh, Malkin's still on it, but he was so bad last year. They think more people have passed him up and that there's better players in the league. Now, if he doesn't want to hustle and he just wants to be mad at Phil Kessel and doesn't want to do what he used to do, which is produce, then does he really belong in the top 50? 855-212-4227 is the number to get on the bench. First up, Chris Hanna, filmmaker on the Tony Romo doc. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4227 is the number to get on the bench. Chris Hanna is an El Paso filmmaker. He's done a lot of great things around uh, Texas, obviously. His company uh, has produced this uh, fantastic doc on Tony Romo, ZGN Productions. He's working with uh, some really cool people, and he went back to uh, Burlington, Wisconsin, I believe. I watched this film. Uh, I thought it was really cool. He's done other things like, uh, you know, he's won a lot of awards for Pitch Black back in 2017. And now he's uh, turned his lifelong passion uh, as a cowboy fan into reality with this great doc on Romo. How you doing, Chris? Chris, how are you? So anyway, what a disaster. Anyway, hopefully uh, they'll figure this out and it'll work the next time we try to go to him after that glowing review I just gave, right? Anyway, 855-212-4227. All right, so anyway, I'm watching this game. Once again, they literally could not score any runs after seven, 3-1 Brewers. They're going to finish them off because their bats, you know what they're doing? They're grabbing the bats tight. That's they're what squeezing. happens when you keep getting into these spots and you can never get it done. You're down 3-1, two runs, you're at home. The place was going nuts early, and now just can't get it. Can't get the run home. It's unbelievable. Is it not unbelievable how bad they suck? It always the, happens. It is unbelievable. I mean, it really is. If it wasn't for the Capitals... Would they not be now really, in all reality, the laughing stock of sports now? One of those, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of gotten to that point. I mean, honestly, because the Capitals won the Stanley Cup, so you can't you can't put them in the bin. Right, right. Well, that town as a whole, obviously, the Redskins have been bad for so long. The Wizards have never won anything, so you could see where that goes. 
It's unbelievable. We'll try to get Chris back on. I have no idea what happened. Uh, I don't care. So we'll get uh, that straightened out, and we'll get him back on uh, in a few minutes, hopefully, when this all blows over. I have no idea what's going on. I don't even care to uh, find out what's happening. So uh, one thing we didn't do last night enough of, if you ask me, was talk about some of these uh, college football games over the weekend. I think we got to the point of really we were – I, I think at the tail end of talking about Notre Dame, what they did to uh, Virginia, it was about a five-turnover performance uh, right from that defense. Yes, the Irish D played very well. Saturday. And I thought Tony Jones had a huge game, uh, three touchdowns, 131 yards. It was a career day for Tony Jones. They finally had power running going. I thought that was the difference in the game, and I didn't think Book looked great or anything. I thought Jones did. Yeah, Book didn't have a great day. They ran the ball efficiently, and their defense got them a lot of turnovers. And you know, there was a game that – a typical Irish home game for me that they play against these teams that they're better than. Hang around for two or three quarters, and then they kind of pull away in the fourth, and that's what they did against Virginia on Saturday. So some of the other games uh, – it was a great game uh, in Fayetteville that Arkansas gave uh, A&M all they could handle. The game, I guess, was in Dallas, but the bottom line is A&M won the game 31-27, and – the Hogs put up 17 in the second, and they were in the game. AM scored uh, 10 in the fourth, 10 3. They outscored the Hogs and beat them 31 27. Oklahoma State continues to impress me. You know, they beat another ranked team, Kansas State, 26 13. The Cowboys are 4 1 and 1 1 in Big 12 play. I had a great bet with Indiana. Uh, I had 14 against Michigan State in East Lansing. They covered. It was a lot closer than 40 to 31. I don't know if you know what happened. They kicked the winning field goal with about a minute left, kicked off, and then uh, the guy, like, fumbled, and they ran it back for a touchdown with no time left, right? So they got another uh, six on the board. But they were up three. That's why it went to nine because it was literally a game-winning field goal. Yep. So, but Indiana covered. They score. They're three and two. Oh, and two in a Big Ten per usual. They suck in the conference. But I don't care if you suck if you cover for me. I won't make fun of you as much if you cover. Uh, here we go with some of the other ones. Uh, TCU hammered Kansas. What do you think? If TCU put 51 on them, what do you think Oklahoma's going to put on them this week? 60, 70. Something in that neighborhood. Toledo I had. Nice bet over uh, BYU. And 28-21, uh, they beat them at the Glass Bowl. I love that place. Western Michigan beat Central, 31-15. Pitt over Delaware. How about Delaware? I had raking in the points. And they covered easily. They were getting a lot of sticks in that game. I mean, a lot. And they lost by three. They gave Pitt all they could handle. Pitt only plays well against great teams. Right. Everyone else, they absolutely are the Tennessee when they play, When they play Clemson or UCF or anything. Like they, they go beat, to overtime. They beat UCF earlier this year. Right. It was supposed to be a right. great team, right? And right. they beat them. But then, And they've had all the upsets. But when they play the Hacks, it's always oh, a problem. They just take the day off. They, they, you know, drink beer before the kickoff. Temple beat Georgia Tech 24-2. I have to ask the question, what has happened to Georgia Tech football? Do you remember when they mattered? Seriously. They just absolutely have become like a D3 school. Have they not? I mean, honestly. Wake over BC, 27-24. Can you even believe the Deacons are 5-0? and I was just seeing that today, looking at the standings for all the different conferences. I can't believe it. That team is unbeaten. I mean, it's crazy. One of the best games of the day was Baylor. Uh, they beat... Uh, Iowa State, they were up like, I, I don't even know, 20 to nothing? Was that yeah, about right? They them out and had to hold them off at the end. And they did. They got it done. And they gave Rule a new deal through 27. 
uh, at Baylor in Waco. Minnesota is unbeaten. Row the boat, Carver High. 38-31 over the Boilermakers in West Lafayette. Let's go. SMU is unbeaten. 5-0. 1-0 in the American. They beat South Florida in Tampa. 48-21 at Raymond James. Cincinnati is 3-1 for Fickle. 52-14 at uh, the Thundering Herd of Marshall. How about Liberty, the Christian school? They're 3-2. Three 3-1 and three and at home. They beat New Mexico 17-10. I love uh, college football. I really do. It, it makes me crazy. I, I can't get enough of it. Western Kentucky upset UAB, handed them their first loss. Stanford finally looked good in a game, but look who they did it. They struggled, but beat Oregon State and Corvallis 31-28. Florida State's 3-2. and two. They beat NC State. South Carolina's 2-3, and 24-7. How long before they call for Muschamp's head down there in Columbia? Seriously, they're just not that good, right? They, they aren't that good. That's the deal. Utah State beat Colorado State. Can Utah State cover the 25 at Baton Rouge Saturday against the LSU Tigers and your boy Joe Burrow? No. Ooh. Wyoming in Laramie spanking that rebel ass. 53-17 over UNLV. Boise hosts them this week. Fresno beat New Mexico State. Houston over North Texas. I rolled with so many of these hits. Arizona, did you watch the end of the UCLA game? You see the kid miss the field goal to tie the game and send it into overtime? Boink. Brutal. Brutal. And Hawaii destroyed Nevada. Did you see that? The Rainbows. Uh 54-3. They're now 4-1 and 1-0 and and oh in the Mountain West. I hit 64% of the bets for the second week in a row in college football. And I hit my top five plays. And I hit uh, seven of my top eight, eight of my top ten. I went crazy in college football. At pros, I did even better. Sunday and Monday, 71% on spreads. How crazy is that? Let's do an update. We'll come back and uh, hopefully hook up with Chris Hanna and talk about the Romo movie. Uh, the second time around. It's like your second at bat. The first at bat was fouled out to left field. It was caught by a fan drinking a beer and holding a baby. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. Pharrellonthebench.com keeps raking it in. You got to sign up for Pharrellonthebench.com. Sunday and Monday, 71% of the NFL spreads I hit for you. I told you Saturday, 64% of my college football plays hit. Top five hit. Seven of my top eight. Eight of my top ten. It's ridiculous. You get it all. Plus, hockey starts Wednesday. You'll get every hockey game. You get all the fights, boxing, MMA, baseball through the World Series, college pro football, the picks. I handed them off to Mafia tonight, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Sign up, PharrellOnTheBench.com. It's F-E-R-R-A-L-L. And uh, hide the money from your wife. That's what I would recommend at this point. Uh, As I said before, uh, ZGN Productions is uh, Chris Hanna's uh, company in El Paso. They make great movies. He's won awards for uh, some of his movies already, like Pitch Black a couple of years ago in 2017. And now he's got this fantastic documentary about Tony Romo out. And I watched it. I thought it was really cool. And... I'm not, and I know you are a lifelong Cowboy fan, so your whole life this must be pretty cool for you to do uh, the Tony Romo movie and to, and to have that access. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, what was it like to be able to uh, get that kind of access and talk about one of your heroes? It was a dream come true, you know, being from a small town in El Paso. Uh, always, you know, had a love for film, uh, for documentaries, and, of course, for sports, football being one of them. I was a Cowboys fan since you know, day one, but I didn't grow up the whole, 
you know, Staubach era or Troy Aikman era. Tony Romo was my quarterback when I started, you know, understanding the game to the fullest. So, you know, to get the ball rolling and meet the whole community and get to meet Tony Romo's family and get access and, you know, get to look in the, to, you know, at the man's eyes uh, myself and get to ask him questions that I've been wondering my whole entire life about, you know, his roots and his career and his ups and downs in Dallas and how he got there in the first place and the people around him. It's, just, it's been a dream come true. And, you know, I everything that we've done up to this point, we're very proud of and we're very excited to keep going with this film and see where it takes us. Did you, did you have your uh, big event at the El Paso community screening of Now or Never? Because I know that you had all kinds of, there was a lot of hype about it. Did you have that already? Yeah, we did uh, two sold-out screenings uh, back home in El Paso, Texas at the Plaza Classic Film Festival. Um, before that, actually, we went out to Burlington, Wisconsin uh, to the latest Tony Romo football camp, right. and we got to hang out with all of them, and we did a private screening with Tony Romo and his whole community and family before we even took it into festival. So that was really exciting to get their final blessings on the film and their, you know, their final endorsement and and for them to really love it and, and where it's at, you know, entering competition. Does his uh, family, like his, uh, you know, I saw his dad in the dock a lot about, do they still live there? Uh, his dad, yes. His dad and his mom actually live there, and he still has, uh, I believe, both sisters live there. One of them lives there, but he still has a lot of family in Burlington. And uh, his grandparents actually live in Dallas. I mean, it is crazy that uh, the story, I watched the uh, the film. I thought it was really good. You did a great job on it. You, Nina, Rebecca, everybody that works at uh, your company, ZGN. Uh, but I thought it was really cool. So let me ask you, like, uh, it really is quite a story that this kid, this he was like, you know, playing soccer. He didn't even care about football. And then the next thing you knew, he had uh, this great, you know, vision of the field, like that uh, the bottom line was is that I felt like I learned that he was really, frankly, smarter than everyone on the football field. He could see plays developing. He, if he, he knew if he had like two or three extra seconds, he could get the receiver open. He would make the throw, the right throw at the right time to the right person, reading defenses. And this is like immediacy from this guy that they noticed that he had a special gift to play football. Like he didn't even want to play. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. I, When I started making the film, I mean, obviously you think the questions for me, the main question was, when did you notice your son uh, was going to be the superstar? Would, you know, when did you, you know, every parent has that whole, oh, you know, I think my son could play in the NFL. And I asked, I asked Tony Romo's dad that question, and then all of a sudden it was different. It was like, no, you know, he actually – started playing soccer and I wanted him to play soccer and I was disappointed that he didn't play soccer uh you know because he wasn't getting the opportunity with the varsity team so it's really crazy that you you have these ideas of of what you think went on you know as he kind of climbed up the ladder to the NFL but you know it was completely different and I think that that's just kind of cool is that you really don't know the whole entire story until you you know get to the grassroots of it, and you really ask the people that were there since they won. So, but you know, everything we heard from Coach Block and uh, Coach Ken Hagen, who was his tight end, you know, I, I like to say he was his Jason Witten right. uh, back in high school, he's still his uh, best friend at to this day. So, you know, all the insights of he was still the same guy. And I mean, even I'm sure you, you know, you saw all the, the B roll from high school, and, and you can see just that, that potential and, and just that talent that he had, even 
from high school and the arm he had. But even his dad said, you know, hey, you know, during junior year, they weren't so good. You know, they had to keep working and getting better. And then they were starting to be a contender in the playoffs in high school. So, you know, it goes on to show that not everybody starts a superstar. Everybody has to develop and has the training that goes down for years. And the people that are around you are very, very important uh, because they, you know, will help you fulfill your development going forward. He was, uh, Chris Hanna with us, the director. He's got a, a documentary out on Tony Romo, Now or Never, a Tony Romo star. So, uh, you know, the kid actually, like, I saw the parts of how in high school, like, he was never, he was really good, but they were, you know, it was like he was the only real, he and that tight end were the only real stars on the on the team. He, uh, he everybody else was just a normal kid, and that they really were never that good. They got very competitive, and they got into playoffs, and they got into, you know, tournaments, into the state tournaments, but they never, in divisional rounds, and then they never really won at all and then he ends up going uh you know struggling i mean but still he was a really good quarterback but you know he was dealing with lack of talent around him and then he went to eastern illinois right and then uh i mean even there he he won some huge games but no one had ever heard of him like he didn't even matter this guy didn't even get drafted and then to become a superstar really like he did in Dallas, where you have stories of Staubach and Aikman saying he was the uh, best passer the Cowboys have ever had, ever, having a guy like Staubach say that. That's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly. And, you know, even even when we got into his college days, it's, it was like there weren't a lot of downs. He had a great college career. And it just goes on to say that even sometimes when you play at the highest level that you possibly can, you still don't get – to get to where you want to play in the NFL like a lot of people get there. However, it goes on to say that, you know, it was a blessing in disguise as his coach Bereza will go on to say in the film that, you know, everybody has their own path. And if some people walk in through the door wide open, not everybody gets to do that. Everybody has their own ways of getting there. And so it was the case for Tony Romo himself. You know, he he went undrafted and, you know, he still you know, played – what, so many seasons with the Cowboys in one team and broke all the records that he broke. And it just goes on to say that it's not always going to be the path that most people take. You're going to have your own, but what matters is when you get there. He said, uh, Chris Hanna with us, the director, uh, he said that he, uh, a lot of people thought that was the greatest uh, game he ever played was the Green Bay game uh, where they got, uh, I thought to this day, that the league changed the rule because of that Des Bryant uh, catch, no catch, whatever you want to call it. I thought it was a catch. I'll never forget that day because I bet on Romo and they covered and uh, they should have won that game. They got screwed. Yeah. They got screwed. But he, I thought that it was really cool part of the documentary when he talked about how, um, you know, basically in not so many words that he uh, had to just uh, move on. Like he just couldn't let it didn't, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. It was uh, devastating. It sucked. But uh, he had to move on in life because, you know, they weren't going to you know, replay it or give him an award or give him a little trophy or give him any, you know, a kiss or anything. They just, he had to move on in life and just deal with it. And he said he learned a lot of valuable lessons from that. That was pretty cool. Absolutely. I I, I think that's what has drawn me as a young filmmaker, as a young person uh, in El Paso to, you know, be gravitated towards who Tony Romo is as a person. 
is that throughout his career, you know, he's had plenty of injuries. He's had plenty of, you know, losses, and he's had the great wins, you know. So everything kind of has balance in his career, and he, he brings that balance into his life, you know. He really just doesn't stop fighting and just keeps on, on coming back. And by no means we're saying he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. No, we're not saying that. But he for sure was, you know, one of the best ones. He definitely uh, brought this energy and just uh, this feeling of, of just greatness uh, to our organization, you know, in my opinion. And uh, I know we have great players now today, too, but, you know, Tony Romo was something great to watch and, you know, off the field and on the field. And like you said in that part, he, you know, I asked him. I, it, that was one of the hardest parts for me, you know, as a filmmaker, having to look at your hero and say, how did it feel not to win the ultimate championship? What everybody's evaluating as a player of, you know, whether you win the Super Bowl, now win the Super Bowl. And for me to ask him, how did it feel to now win the Super Bowl? You know, my legs were shaking, and I was like, but I got to ask it. I got to ask this question. It's crucial to this film, to this story. And, yeah, you know, it was like I didn't, I didn't win the Super Bowl, and I'm going to have to live with that for the rest of my life. But, but I am a fortunate guy. I am the most fortunate person in the world to still be doing what I love, you know, now through CBS and, and having a heck of a you know, really great career in CBS. So it, it really goes on to say that, that he just moves on and, and he understands that it's not always going to be what you think it's going to be. But the fact that he's still doing what he loves to this day, you know, in the game of football, goes on to say that he's really, he's really made it. And, and, you know, he's inspiring a lot of people out there. So uh, he inspired me. Yeah, how about his, uh, I thought it was cool, to, was that his grandma and grandpa on there, the ones, uh, tell me about his Hispanic heritage, that was cool, the stories of, uh, like, they were on there talking about him as well, right? I think I saw that too. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people have, uh, to this day, have told me, oh, we thought Tony Romo was Italian. You know, a lot of people don't know that he actually comes from a Mexican-American heritage, and I, you know, I actually made my research. I knew uh, he, he was Mexican-American. You know, I had watched some of the videos with his grandparents when he played and just how adorable they were and how they would wear their grandpa and grandma, you know, jerseys during the game. And, you know, uh, I got, you know, got to ask Tony, hey, could, could I interview your grandparents? I think bringing the fact that you're Mexican-American and how proud you are of your heritage and, you know, talking to his dad about his uh, parents, you know, loving music and playing the guitar in Spanish, uh, what we call corridos, you know, in our Mexican culture. Like, it was really cool getting to talk to them for about six to eight hours in Dallas and interviewing them all the way from, you know, where they were born. And uh, Tony's grandpa was born in Mosquito, Coahuila, which is pretty deep into Mexico. And, you know, from there went to Nuevo Laredo, then Nuevo Leon, and then, you know, crossed to San Antonio, Texas, and from there he got to Wisconsin where he would go on to meet his grandmother who actually was coming up from, you know, the Brownsville era, uh, area from uh, South Texas. So, right. you know, they're, they're both very proud of being Mexican-American and they're very proud of their culture, and they've instilled that in Tony's dad, and Tony's dad has instilled that into Tony, and it's something that he carries very deeply with him, you know, the love he has for his grandparents and the love he has for his heritage, and yeah, I think it's something that, you know, his grandfather instilled with him, you know, those morals and those values that he's carried, you know, all the way from Mexico. That's great. It's fantastic. Uh, check it out. Now or never a Tony Romo story. Great doc. Great job by you, Chris Hanna, and your staff. Uh, continued success. Thanks for coming on the bench.
Thank you so much for having me. All right. Uh, from El Paso, Chris Hanna. Check out his uh, Tony Romo documentary, Now or Never, a Tony Romo story. Good stuff. Uh, runners on the corners, two outs, full count. Hater against the $220 million man, right? They offered him all this money. Rendon, is that him? Let's see if he's worth the money here. Full count. I mean, they're dying right here. They're four outs away from being eliminated. Their season will end unless this guy comes up big right now with a hit. 855-212-4CBS to get on the bench. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.